You're listening to Outlandish Outcasts at outlandishoutcasts.com. Welcome to Outlandish Outcasts. I'm your host, Al. With me, as always, Desi. How are you doing tonight, Desi? Yeah, feeling a little rushed. Feeling a little rushed, huh? Yeah, we talked about this. Hurry up. Go, go, go. Not that kind of rushed. Oh, okay. Just rushed. Just a little rushed. This is what happens when you deal with a child who no longer lives at home, and you're trying to get one thing done, and then he lives four hours away, so then he wants to talk to you, and... At that moment, you're like, out of all of the times in the world for him to reach out to me, <laughs> this is literally 15 minutes before we were to start this, and he could have contacted me normally at 10 o'clock at night, Yeah, but he didn't. I got a kick out of the, so what's your email address? What's your email address? What's your email address? What's your email address? I sent it to you. Oh, my God. <laughs> As he said, I don't know. Well, he started off with I don't know, and then I kept asking, and then finally, uh, yeah. That was pretty funny. It's my child. My child. Funny, funny, funny. Anyway, I believe you're first this evening. I don't want to rush you into it or anything, but. I already feel rushed. (laughs) Half that's your fault. (laughs) Okay, so my first story is, it's not really a place I want to travel to, but I do like roadside attractions. So if we're ever in this area, it would be kind of a neat place to go to. Okay. So if you're ever in New Jersey. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Were you expecting somewhere overseas? I was expecting maybe one of my stories and I got a little nervous. You got a roadside attraction? (laughs) Kind of. Not really, but kind of. Well, maybe you shouldn't leave the web browser open. Well, maybe you just shouldn't look. (laughs) I do what I want. So if you're ever in New Jersey, there is uh, an elephant. It's the living legacy of Lucy the Elephant, an elephant who's impossible to forget. Lucy the Elephant. I've never heard of Lucy the Elephant. No? No. Well, Lucy, I guess this kind of has a huge background story. So, um... Lucy's older than the city on which she stands now, and she was built 138 years ago, um, and she's been in many different areas, I guess. So um, in 1881, a Philadelphia real estate agent, uh, James, I'm going to say his last name wrong. I'm really bad at names. Lafferty. Lafferty. Began his legacy of um, pachyderm. I think I said that right. No idea. Pachyderm patent buildings. I think I said that right. (laughs) I have no idea. Never heard of it. So the hope behind these unique shaped observations was the property buyers would visit and choose to invest in the available real estate that he creates. Okay. So... Um, a little bit of history on him and Lucy, I guess, is with the help of the Philadelphia architect, William Free, um, the elephant began to take shape at reported costs somewhere between 25000 and 38000 So 25000 I looked this up, in the 1880s. Yeah, that's a lot of money. 
was $615,457.92. Wow. So, and that was the starting point. We got a rough estimate of $10,000 in between there of dollars spent then. So, um... So he went to the U.S. Patent Office. Granted, him, they granted him a 17-year patent, um, and that was to design or give him the exclusive rights to design animal-shaped buildings. That's kind of cool. So Lucy's like a six-story building, is what she is. Six-story building. Yes. That looks like an elephant. She looks like an elephant. She was originally um, built. Well, originally her name was Elephant Bazaar. And was placed in Southern Atlantic City. Yeah, that's not very catchy. No, no, but he kept it that name. Mm-hmm. So for six years, um, he publicized his creation all over the neighborhood, or all over neighboring New Jersey towns and Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, Bazaar's fame was short-lived. And then in 1867, he opted for selling his creation and landed to... Um, willing buyer Anton Gerza. Okay. So saying that wrong. I'm horrible with names too. I am too. So, um, Anton's daughter-in-law, Sophia Gerza, I'm saying it wrong. Anyway, Sophia. Sophia Sophia G. (laughs) Sophia G. Is responsible for changing Elephant Bazaar to Lucy the Elephant in 1902. Hmm. So Lucy lived on or lived on as a gambling palace um summer home to an english doctor a tavern a 40 tent tourist camp um and then eventually was shut down because in the 1920s was a speakeasy or a nightclub yeah yeah so was shut down by the law and then um Later on down the road, Sophie, when she was the only living person to have claims to the elephant, all her okay. family had mm-hmm. died, um, she turned it into uh, a roaming house, so she charged 10 cents admission fee. Mm. So people like President and Mrs. Woodrow Wilson was there. Cool. So Henry Ford... Raha of Bong and Wives of Singapore. I no idea. Horrible at this. So somebody's going to shoot me with the way I talk one day. <laughs> Nobody's shoot me down. Shoot you. Not shoot me, but they'll be like, lady, learn to speak. <laughs> I'll be like, sorry, it's the way I was born. <laughs> so. You were. Never mind. What? <laughs> Nothing. Never mind. What I didn't know say? how to speak at all when I was born. <laughs> I know, and it didn't get much better as I got older. <laughs> so, but yeah, so eventually this elephant was donated to the city of Margate and her land was sold to developers. So hmm. she was auctioned off, or not auctioned off, she was donated there. And a bunch of citizens there, because she was going to get demolished, they assessed established the Save the Lucy committee and didn't want her to get tore down, especially since she's modeled after P.T. Barnum's Jumbo the Elephant. Okay. So. You'd think that'd be something you'd get declared a historic, like, building or something so they couldn't tear it down. 
I think that that was kind of what they were doing because they were going to demolish her. Mm -hmm. But you can go visit her now and get a tour of the six-story elephant during your visit to Margate, New Jersey. Hmm. So If we're ever in the area. I don't want to go there to see the elephant, but if we're in the area, we can check the elephant out. That, I thought that would be kind of cool. Yeah, kind of neat. She's the, she's the only um, building that Lafferty made that's still standing. That's still standing? Okay. So there I were was going to ask, other... ask if he was something he was into building, if there was any others out there. But... Yep. There was an Elphatine Colossal or Colosseum. There okay. we go. In Coney Island. There were a few other elephants around okay. rhinos, stuff like that. But she is the oldest roadside attraction that is still standing still standing cool that is a cool story so if as you are i stumbled in, right through that if you're in that area <laughs> in new jersey go check out lucy the elephant that was her so, name right lucy the elephant that is really kind of cool or elephant could you bizarre. imagine like you know in, in the, the story you were talking about a couple of people that lived there could you imagine if that was your house oh they have like that would be crazy the website, if people go to the link, they do have two pictures of going in there. They described like going into the first level, you have to go up a spiral um, staircase to get yeah. to the first level. Yeah, imagine it's some interesting layout inside there, that's for <laughs> sure. And then they even have the thing that when you take an elephant ride that, I don't know what it, the technical term is, it's in the article, okay. but um, that you sit in when you go on an yeah, elephant the ride, thing that's on, that's on you top can... Of the elephant. Go all the way up there and look out. Well, that's cool. I bet it's a nice view. So I would think it would be a nice view. But then again, I've never been to New Jersey, especially this town. So I don't know what the view is. Hmm, It could be a a bunch of roads and big buildings or it could be country. Could be. I have no idea. No idea. I've never been there. Hmm. That was a cool story. So that's my roadside attraction. So if you're ever in New Jersey... Stop and check it out. Cool. I am going to move on to something definitely sadder. I'm going to talk about a death. Ugh, why do you always got to bring it down? I don't know. It's just, just my nature, I guess. I like happy. This death kind of caught my eye because the story was kind of weird, I guess. I do like weird. Um, This is a story of the death of Dorothy Donovan. Who's she- that? Uh, she's a lady <laughs> who died on June 22nd, 1991. So quite a while ago. Dorothy Donovan. Dorothy Donovan. Her, um, her son, Charles Holden, was driving home from work around midnight uh, on June 22nd, 1991. He stopped at a fast food restaurant in Harrington, Delaware uh, after his shift ended. He then left the restaurant, got into his tr- truck, prepared to leave, and a stranger approached him asking for a ride. Now, the man said that his sister was having a baby and then he needed to get to the hospital in Georgetown. Uh, Charles at first said, no, you know, I'm not going in that direction. No, I don't want to give you a ride. Eventually, he changed his mind and said, you know what? I'll take you as far as I can go kind of in the direction I'm going. But once I have to turn off, I'm going to let you out. This guy agrees, gets in the car. They get three miles down the highway. He stopped at an intersection. And this is where he normally would turn to go home. Um... Home is still a few miles from here, but he told the stranger, you know, this is as far as I can go. I can't take you any further. The stranger got angry, said, no, you are bringing me all the way. He pulled out a screwdriver, 
uh, threatened to hit him with the screwdriver. So Charles grabbed the keys from his truck, jumped out of his truck, and started running to a convenience store. The other guy got out, came after him, and they they were yelling at each other. I don't think it ever got really physical. Um, there, There's some reports of there might have been a small scratch by the screwdriver that Charles had. Those were in some reports, but some reports said nothing happened at all. Charles then tells the guy, okay, 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 I'll bring you. Let's get back in the truck. They go back to the truck. Charles. I would have got back in the truck. They go back to the truck. Charles gets in and locks the doors and drives away. Oh, God. Does the guy follow him? Guy runs after him. But now Charles doesn't drive towards his house because he's a little worried about it. I would have been So he drives in the opposite direction, drives around for about a half hour, and his house is, you know, three or four miles away from this intersection, so they're nowhere near his house. He's never seen the guy before. Finally, he's, you know, settled down a little bit, and he goes to drive home, and he pulls up by his house, and there's the guy walking right in front of his house. (gasps) Charles then goes to a payphone, calls the cops. The cops escort him to his house. The cops find nothing. Him him and the cop find nothing. Um, Charles' mom lived right behind him. Charles asked, you know, can we go check on my mom's house? They go back. The door's been broken into. The there's a there's blood on the railing going up to the upstairs. They walk in and they find his mother Dorothy dead, stabbed with a screwdriver. Aww. The first suspect in this interesting was tale was Charles. It's always because this story is unbelievable. This guy out of nowhere happened to just walk back to Charles' house, but he doesn't know Charles, doesn't know where he lives, all of a sudden just shows up there. Thank goodness he left blood on the banister because if he didn't, most people believe Charles would have went away for the rest of his life. Probably, yeah. Luckily, the guy left blood on the banister, ends up getting caught about a month later, confesses to the whole thing, said he couldn't believe he actually even, he said he, you know, he was high on drugs, he killed a lady didn't even know it was this guy's mom that he was fighting with earlier in the night just absolutely crazy story that if if things didn't work out the way they did you could very easily have seen an innocent person go to prison for this for this crime and i thought that was very interesting how some unbelievable things really can happen, you know. Well, you know there are innocent people sitting in well, jail. Of course for there stuff are. Of because course there you know family's always the first suspect. Of course. And I mean, I can't can you imagine calling the cops and say I picked up a hitchhiker and then I drove around for a while and suddenly he's at my house? They're not and, and this day and age you know, No, because it's extremely illegal. <laughs> this is true. This is true. It was then too, but it, was it wasn't then, really but- pushed as it's pushed like it is now even when i mean i wasn't i i've never in my life picked up a hitchhiker but i had a roommate who used to do it all the time like he i did it once but i knew the people that were hitchhiking it was more than one person and i was like oh bunch of boys that i go to high school with yeah <laughs> i knew who they were so i picked him up yeah yeah the during the investigation the the, re, um, the story and the fact that charles was the only uh beneficiary on his mother's life insurance so they figured that's why he did it but turns out he didn't um the guy who did his name is actually gilbert cannon he was the the murderer 
It's kind of sad. It is sad. It is very sad. And it's really weird how it worked out, too. I just thought it was an interesting story because it was just kind of how it came to be. It I was, thought it was kind of interesting. It was odd. Yeah. That's what I thought. So that's my downer for the day. That was a downer. I won't have any more downers. Thank God. I don't think. Good story. Let me look quick. Let me look It quick. was interesting. Okay, no more downers. But, <laughs> but there was no laughter. No laughter in that one at all. That's for sure. My heart was kind of sad. Sorry. You're not sorry. (laughs) (laughs) What do you got for us? Okay, so my next one is rare genetic mutation lets some people function with less sleep. Oh, okay. So um, this is, it talks about like a mutated gene more or less is what it comes down to it. Mm -hmm. And it's extremely rare if somebody has it. Like, I know I don't have it. I, <laughs> you get less sleep, so you don't necessarily function <laughs> less sleep. I can function on a small yeah. amount of sleep, but after, as long as I get X amount of sleep, but yeah. there are weeks where I'm functioning on less than five hours every day, mm-hmm. and by Thursday, Friday, I'm going to kill somebody. I know. So I'm lucky to be alive. I'm getting sleep deprivation because of it, so I don't have this gene. Plus, when I was a teenager, I went on 13, 14, 15 hours of sleep mm-hmm. <laughs> up for six hours and back to bed it was. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I don't have this gene. Um, but there's a new study that was published online in Science. This is from scientificamerica.com. Okay. Um, it reports the discovery of genetic mutation on a gene, uh, DEC2, that appears to allow mother and daughter pair that they did a study with of short sleepers. Hmm. And they were the only two in their family that go on a short amount of sleep and it doesn't seem to affect their health, mental health. What are we talking about for short amount? Like six hours or less. Six hours or less. Okay. So, um, and they seem to function. It doesn't affect them at all. So Hmm. they don't get, the side effects like I would. Yeah. So the irritability mm-hmm. or anything like that. Um, so, and then the rest of the family, if they get under seven hours, they can tell. They can tell and they're affected. So, by and there's more than one gene. There is another gene, which is not in this story, but I ran across it on another story. Um, but there are even studies where, People can function on this amount of sleep, but don't have that mutated gene. Well, I can function on that mm-hmm. amount of sleep. It's just it has an effect on you, though. Where these people down the road, it doesn't effect. have an immediate effect. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there can be days if I'm getting six hours of sleep, which is rare. <laughs> if I'm getting six hours of sleep, I don't seem to be as crabby as if it's like yeah. three and a half, four hours, because that happens too. So. I need more sleep. <laughs> but they're stating that um, these people who do that, they usually have more efficient REM sleep, like a state. Okay. So it's more rapid. It's more intense. So that way it's giving them what they need. Giving what they need during that time. Yeah. And it almost makes sense because when I had that Fitbit, it tracks your sleep and mm-hmm. I even like broke it down light, heavy and REM. Yep. And... Um, or REM sleep, mm-hmm. um, there were times I didn't ever hit it and I was getting five hours, but there were times it was like over half of my sleep was just REM sleep. Mm. So it's like 
And those were usually the days I probably felt more felt, felt more rested. Rested. So mm-hmm. my body probably after two or three days went, eh, we need this and shut down into it. So but, this this uh genetic mutation that these people have super, super rare? Like very very few people like, like 1% of 1%? the population. Okay. Or maybe it was a little less. But it yeah, it's it's rare. Not many people have that. Hmm. But it's something that they're noticing is starting to develop. So it's I suppose a you'll see if, if it's a mutated gene, you're going to see more of it in the future, I would guess. Yes. Yeah. So, and it's probably because we as a society, we don't seem to have enough hours in the day yep. and everybody's working. And it's, it's funny go, how, go. yeah, and it's funny how 40 hours was the norm and it almost seems like people are working more than that a week. Yeah. So whether it be a second job or your job mandates, you work 44 hours a week mm-hmm. or you work salary and you work more than that. Yep. So, yeah. Huh. Interesting. I would hate this because my favorite pastime is sleep. <laughs> um, I do like sleeping. The one thing I hate the most in the world is, as you know, waking getting up. up. Yeah. I don't mind waking up. I you hate it. hate waking up. It's like, don't even talk to me. If I hear you walking and I hear the words, it's time to get up as sweet as possible, I still want to rip your head off. I know. I'm very There's aware. only one phrase you've ever said that actually makes me get up and it doesn't make me angry. There's donuts? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's donuts in the kitchen if you want one. And then you leave and I'm like, you didn't tell me to get up, thank God. Funny. This is an option. <laughs> Well, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. I will think about that as I'm going to sleep tonight. I won't. <laughs> I'll be like, what time is it? Oh, shit. Four and a half hours. Okay. If I close my eyes just now, crap, we're at three and a half hours. Why did I look at the phone again to see what the alarm said? Just close your eyes and go to sleep now. Crap. I'm never getting to sleep. Yep. Yep. All right. My next story is kind of a hidden roadside attraction. Kind of. Kind of a hidden. Well, not really hidden, but... You said hidden. I didn't really mean hidden. Hidden's in the first sentence of the story I'm looking at, so it just kind of came <laughs> out of my mouth. What? Where is it at? This is in... Uh, nestled in the hidden valleys of Shikoku, Japan. I'm never going to guess that roadside attraction. It is... It's a the, big... It's a big... It's a whole village. Thing of rice. It's a whole village. It's a whole village. It's the village of Nagoro. Hmm. This is a, a very remote village in Japan, which I can't picture in my head because we live in a country that's so vastly large and Japan on the map is so small. And so when I hear remote area of Japan, I can't picture that in my head, but I'm it's sure It's an island are. on the island? I don't know. No, it's not an island on the island. It's just on the island. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> or an island right off the island. I meant not on the island. Anyway, Anyways, most of the people in this village over the last century have moved away and left for the big cities because there's no work. Um, there's not even a local like convenience store. There's nothing in this local village other than the few people that lived there. So they live on the land kind of like people, some people in Alaska. Uh, they don't really live there anymore. Um, Wait, ele- <laughs> 11, I thought people lived there. 11 years ago, uh, Anyo... Tsukimi returned from her ho- returned to her home village. She had moved away for schooling and decided 
she had made some money and decided to retire and she'd move back home. And she was confronted with the fact that everybody's left. So she decided to populate the village with dolls. Oh, creepy. You can actually, I, I went to um, Google Street View and you can like walk through the village and there's, you know, people sitting on their front porch, people chopping wood, and they're all dolls made by this lady. Like mannequins like, or dolls? Like, I don't have a picture on me. I don't think I have a picture. I don't have a picture. They're dolls. They're like large dolls. Like, really weird. Like Barbie life-size doll? <sighs> I mean, like, they're handmade, hand-sewn. Like, what's sewn. the name of this town again? It is Nagoro, N-A-G-O-R-O. I'm totally like pulling this up right now. But around 350 of the giant doll, doll, the dolls now reside in the village. Um, she replaces people when they die or when they move away. She, she replaces them with, with a doll. These are kind of creepy. Um, there was recently a documentary uh, about, the, um, about the village called Valley of the Dolls. Um, I just thought it was really kind of cool. And like walking through there on Google Street View, it's just like, oh my God, this is just really, really weird. Okay. This reminds me of anyone younger than at least six, seven years younger than me may not understand this reference at all. But back when I was a kid, before Cabbage Patch Dolls, there was Cabbage Patch Dolls with like the material face. Yes. Like they weren't really Cabbage Patch Dolls. Well, they're technically the originals. Yeah. Um, That's what it reminds me of. Like these material looking things stuffed like scarecrows yep yep exactly it's weird weird and they're life-size life-size they are are life-size not my barbie life-size little kid life-size like you and me life-size yep it it, this all started uh by accident her first doll that she created um she had uh planted a field the seeds failed to grow so just she decided to build a scarecrow and she wanted to build it in the likeness of her father and that was the first doll she ever made. And she said, I kind of like making these, you know. Weird. This, and so then she just decided as people move out or die or, you know, then the village becomes. They probably moved out because there were more and more of these dolls around town. <laughs> it's and that's creepy. just freaking creepy. <laughs> Look out your window and there's about five of them from across the street just staring at you. Yes. And yes. they're not going inside for bed. They're just staring at <laughs> you. They're just staring at you. Yes. But if you want to check it out, I will make sure there's a link on the website um, to the Google Street View of this because I think it's amazing to like walk down the street and check it out. Yeah, this is crazy. Definitely check this out. <laughs> if this was somewhere where I happen, like if this were somewhere in the U.S., I'd say let's no. travel and go. No. <laughs> I want to see this. And if we do, we're only there for an hour because something's going to jump in our car <laughs> and come back with us and and it's going to like murder us in yeah. the middle of the night. No. No, this is just... Something straight out of a horror movie, that's for sure. It's not that creepy, because this could be almost like... I mean, it's not meant to be creepy, but I get that... But it does creep me out. Or Jimmy... What's his... Not Hendrix. (laughs) Jim Henson? (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It's been one of them days. But it reminds me of a puppet kind of like that, where it's just... It's realistic looking and not creepy looking, but... But it's not one of those dolls, and I'm like, it's going to follow me. Yeah. 
it's going to follow me and it's going to be all Chucky on me. Yep. Yeah, no thanks. All right. Well, we won't go then. But well, if you would we like can, to, but go. we definitely get out of the town and we have to look in the vehicle everywhere, even under it. But you're looking under the vehicle. Imagine if you looked in the like into the back of the vehicle and you saw it, and there was a doll there. <laughs> no, that'd be funny. Do I look like I'm laughing? I'm not looking at you. <laughs> That's because you saw the sheer <laughs> horror on my face for the split second, and like, nope, that really wasn't funny for her. Okay. Kay. So my last story is shoplifter stuffs. Oh, I just want to mention this is from Florida. <laughs> Yay. Good old Florida. Can we guess what a shoplifter stuffs down his pants? Oh my gosh. I have no idea. Could be Think anything. of the biggest, bulkiest, probably going to hurt you item ever. Until you got to probably going to hurt you. I thought maybe he was stealing a watermelon for some reason, but I have Let's no think idea. Tools. I'll give you another hint. I have no idea. My dad. I have no idea. Chainsaw. Oh, my God. <laughs> yep. Florida man shoplifts, shoplifting stunt caught on surveillance. So even this website shows the surveillance of this guy shoving the chainsaw down his pants. That's hilarious. It is a must see because I even went, he covered that. <laughs> his shirt's like, What? Um, but the surveillance camera proves once for all it's possible to stuff chainsaw down your pants and ride away on a bicycle without hammering the family jewels. Holy cow. So, yep. Store, only in Florida. Only in Florida. And it sounds like um, a couple people chased him down. He got away. And then he went back, got the chainsaw because he hid it in the woods because he wasn't able to run with it. And then he brought out of the goodness of his heart, returned to the store with the chainsaw and then was arrested. Hmm. Like, why steal the chainsaw and then return it? Yeah, that's crazy. But yes, he shoved it down his pants pants. and covered his shirt up over it. Like full-size chainsaw? Full-size chainsaw. No, no, it was a man's chainsaw for logging. Wow. It was crazy. Yep, right down there. And I was like, he's never going to get that down his pants. Oh, yeah, he did. Wow. Just remember, people, if there's a will, there's a way. Yep. Well, that guy was an idiot. Well, yeah, he was an idiot. For he, one, why would you even attempt to shove the chainsaw? Granted, they have I the mean, protectors over the teeth on the on the saw. Still. But I would never do that. And for two, why, why return it after you've already left? That doesn't make any sense either. I mean, it was a good thing. Change of heart. Yeah. Returned it. Wanted to be a good, decent citizen (laughs) (laughs) after stealing it. Kind of ruined that one already. But yeah. Yep. That was my last story. Hmm. Well, that guy was really dumb, but I think my last story, the person is even dumber. Do you got a Florida one? I don't have a Florida one. Aw. This this wouldn't surprise me if it... Uh, it took place in Florida. Oh, you don't you don't know where? No, I know where. Oh, okay. I, I know where. And this is actually this isn't new. This was actually uh, 2012, so it's a while ago. So, but it was. Um, it was where did gr- it take place? Under where? This took place in Iceland. <laughs> you didn't even fall for it. No, this took place in Iceland. Okay. A group of tourists spent Saturday night looking for a missing woman near Iceland's Elja Canyon, only to find her among the search party. 
Okay. <laughs> this group is traveling on a tour bus around Iceland and they get out to go through this canyon. And when they got out, one of the tourists decided that she wanted to change her clothes. So she changed her clothes. And when the person with those clothes didn't get back on, they reported they had a missing person and they got a search party together to go look. And she was in the search party looking for herself. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like, I just got done talking to a bunch of people about this, but it's like that moment you're on the phone with somebody and you're like, I will be there in a minute. I just can't find my phone. I don't know where I left it. And then the person even on the other end, because this has happened to me, goes, oh my God, really? Where'd you set it down last? Hello, I'm on the freaking phone (laughs) with you. (laughs) About 50 people were involved in the search party. The Coast Guard was alerted and had a helicopter ready to go. But at about three o'clock in the morning, it became clear that the missing woman was actually part of the search party. She just didn't recognize her description when they described the person that was missing. Well, no, you're not (laughs) thinking of yourself because you're standing there listening. Well, yeah. (laughs) How? Why wouldn't they just do a head count? Exactly. That's what my first thought was. Don't you just do a head count and everybody'd be there? You don't worry about it. But obviously, they did some other. They had some other way of keeping track of people. Remember what everybody wore? I don't know. I have no idea. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard of. But like, I, I saw the headline. I saw it on Reddit, and then I saw somebody repost it on Reddit. And then I saw it reposted again on Reddit. I'm like, oh my god, I have to find the actual news stories here, not because I was just getting like screenshots of. You'd think there would be a head count. That just. You'd think so, but that no. Floors me, like Iceland, or maybe just that bus tour does things really different. Yeah, they. It's something's. Something's got to be different about it for sure. That's funny. I don't ever want to be searching for myself. That's for sure. Anyway, that was the final story for the night. Well, that that was a lot of fun. I feel like this was a short episode. <laughs> We're running almost 40 minutes. We're good. That just surprises me some days. <laughs> anyway, if you uh, have any uh, stories you'd like to share with us or that we'd like us to talk about, just send us an email. I like stories. Stories are fun. They are. Stories make me smile. I'd tell you our email address, but maybe I'll just send it to you in a text instead. No, never mind. Our email address That's... is outlandishoutcasts at gmail.com. This one is dedicated to my son. Tristan, <laughs> if you're listening, just know this is for you. <laughs> you can come visit us on Facebook at Outlandish Outcast Podcasts. And on Instagram at Outlandish Outcast. And Twitter at Outlandish Casts. I feel like I need to say .com after all of them. That's why I was taking all those mm. pauses. I had to think about it. Don't say .com. No .com needed. No .com. All right. .com. Have a good week, Is that everybody. Copyrighted? Bye. Bye.